This is Export Like a Boss, the podcast for those on the front lines of international business and trade. Succeed in business on a global scale. The planet is your market. Here's your host, Alberto Rodriguez Baez. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a new episode of Export Like a Boss. Today we are honored to feature a personality in the international trade publishing industry. Our guest is Greg Sandler, founder and president of Think Global. Think Global produces export magazines and export guides that need to be part of every exporter's promotional toolbox. So, if you haven't used these publications, you are in for a treat as Greg will tell us more about them. Also, in this episode, Greg will make a special announcement, so stay tuned. Finally, Greg will share with us great international advertising tips and export advice. Enjoy the show! Greg, how long have you been involved in the publishing world? Well, Alberto, I've been involved in writing, publishing, and content development for more than 30 years. I actually started my career long before there was a thing called the Internet as the managing editor at a newspaper chain in Arizona. And then after that, I worked as an editor of a business magazine in Massachusetts before I started my own company. Great. And can you tell us a little bit about how do you get interested in international trade publishing? Well, that's a great question. I wrote some stories on American exporters for several international trade magazines and for Business Week magazine. And one of the stories I remember was about how Ben and Jerry started exporting into Russia after the Soviet Union collapsed. And I got very intrigued by that. And the more I learned about international trade and exporting, uh, the more interested I became in both learning more about it and writing about it. And subsequently, that led to actually starting a company that focused uh, almost exclusively on uh, international trade and export promotion. That story about Ben and Jerry's exporting to Russia sounds very interesting. Yeah, it was really something. I mean, they were one of the first companies to uh, actually explore the the new consumer market in Russia uh, after uh, some of the trade barriers were lifted. And they were very successful, actually, uh, in their, their efforts. And there were a lot of stories like that, of course, um, in those days because there were so many opportunities. But that's the interesting thing, as you know, about international trade, which is even today for companies that are looking to explore new markets. There are opportunities all over the world. That's right. And I'm very excited now to talk about your company. Tell us a little bit about what is your role at Think Global. I'm the founder and president of Think Global, and I am the manager of day-to-day operations uh, to still, which means I'm responsible for everything from uh, marketing and accounting to uh, sales Uh, and all of the editorial that we produce here. So um, I've got a really good team, but I'm involved uh, in every aspect of the business on a day-to-day basis. Can you tell us a little bit about when did you start Think Global and what does Think Global do? Sure. So uh, Think Global was actually formed in 1995, so more than uh, 20 years ago. 
And we produce uh, print and digital publications. We manage uh, and publish business-to-business websites with a focus on international trade as well as international student recruitment. And by international student recruitment, uh, what I'm talking about is primarily helping uh, U.S. universities recruit international students. And then in addition to that, we also publish uh, Apple and Android apps, and then we provide a fairly wide array of graphic design and other content development services. Great. And we will include Think Global's link in the episode's notes on our website. Now, can you tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind starting Think Global? Can you tell us a little bit about, was there an aha moment behind its creation? Or how did you come up with the idea of starting Think Global? Well, also a really good question. And as we were talking about, I had been doing quite a bit of work with companies involved in international trade, uh, primarily from the standpoint of a journalist. So I was doing a lot of writing of stories for various different magazines. And I realized uh, in 1994 that uh, there were a lot of opportunities to do writing uh, that went way beyond just simply editorial writing, so stories that appear in a a magazine. Um, I realized that there were opportunities both to do writing for those companies as well as to produce our own publications. And so in order to build a a scalable company, uh, I realized I needed bricks and mortar infrastructure to support that growth. And so uh, we incorporated in in 1995, and here we are 22 years later, and we're still going strong, still actively involved in all facets of uh, international trade and export promotion, both from a standpoint of publishing our own publications, as well as continuing to Uh, handle uh, content development for other clients. Can you tell us where is Think Global located and how many people work for Think Global? Yeah, so Think Global is a Massachusetts-based corporation, and we've got more than a dozen people involved in day-to-day operations and another uh, dozen or so contractors that we use for various different tasks, uh, such as uh, translation and data analysis. Earlier, we talked a little bit about uh, your website, and your website has great resources. Can you tell us what resources are available for exporters in the Think Global website? Yeah, there's quite a a wide array of exporter uh, resources available on our website. So if people are interested, uh, the place to go is think.global, and there's a tab there uh, on that site that actually focuses specifically on resources. Um, In addition to that, we've got a marketplace tab, we've got archived webcasts and videos, and a link to uh, the Export USA magazine. But specifically related to resources, uh, there's uh, a blog as well as links to information on exporting basics, uh, shipping and logistics, licensing and regulations, and then um, there's also links to uh, some of the trade guides that we produce, as well as um, links to all of the apps that um, are, that we've produced for uh, Apple and Android platforms. I highly recommend everyone listening to this episode to visit think.global and check the resources tab because the resources included there are tremendously useful. Now, 
Going back to the trade or export publications, what are the Think Global's main trade publications? So uh, again, our website um, has links to uh, to the, all of these resources and publications. And right now, our portfolio includes the Think Global B two B Trade Lead site, Export USA, which is America's magazine for connecting exporters with international buyers, Think Education USA, which is a web platform an app that helps U.S. universities recruit international students. And then in addition to that, we also publish export trade guides uh, in Texas, California, Florida, and Louisiana. These are printed online tools that uh, connect exporters with international trade service providers in those states. Great. So let's talk a little bit about Export USA and the export guides. How long have you been publishing Export USA? Sure. Uh, as you know, Alberto, uh, Export USA is a successor to a print and online magazine that we first started publishing in partnership with the U.S. Department of Commerce. That magazine was called Commercial News USA, and we published it from 2004 to 2013 under a public-private partnership. In 2013, we rebranded and privatized the publication and rolled it out as Export USA. And to this day, it remains uh, the America's premier publication for connecting U.S. exporters with international buyers. Great. And just a couple of comments. I highly recommend Export USA. I used it back in the day when I was in the private sector, and it always gave us great results uh, because we were able to promote the distribution opportunities we had available worldwide. And every year we would get at least one or two distributors because of this publication. Of course, we will include the information about Export USA in the episode's notes. And can you describe this publication? Sure. So as you pointed out, Alberto, um, the, the magazine is really designed to help U.S. exporters find new partners. And so the ROI for participants in Export USA comes from uh, being able to find a new buyer or distributor. It's a catalog style magazine, so it features products and services um, with descriptions of those products and services from American exporters. And then in addition to that, we include stories and promotions uh, from prominent trade shows uh, that are focused on trying to attract international buyers as well. Where is it distributed? So Export USA is distributed worldwide, and its reach is about 250,000 international buyers in 178 countries. Export USA or Commercial News USA was certainly one of my secret weapons <laughs> that I was very happy to always reveal to colleagues and other professionals in the trade industry because it has a tremendously wide reach and it is a tremendously well put together publication and always gave us great results. So, Greg, is Export USA a print-only publication, or is it also available online? Uh, it's certainly both print and online. The print edition uh, is available through embassies and consulates, trade shows, and other multipliers around the world. Uh, and then the digital edition and the website are available really anytime, anywhere. So if someone goes to think.global slash exusa, 
that'll put them right on the landing page for Export USA. And we regularly uh, send out email promotions and use blogs and other mechanisms to drive traffic to the digital editions. And then in addition to that, we've got a, an email list of uh, subscribers, if you will, that we notify each time Export USA uh, is published, and it's published six times a year. And that lets buyers from around the world know that they can access uh, a digital edition of the magazine. And these days, that's really the most common way that people read the publication. Who does usually advertise in Export USA? So the publication is open to anyone, but as you pointed out, it's particularly useful for U.S. companies that have a product that they're trying to sell in an international market. So for a U.S. exporter that's looking for international buyers and distributors, it's the perfect forum for being able to advertise their product. And then in addition to that, uh, we have a lot of trade shows that are advertising in the magazine. And their goal is to either attract international buyers to their events or to promote uh, the events to potential exhibitors at their show. As I mentioned earlier, I used to use this publication uh, when I was in the private sector. And now I am very happy to let every client know about this incredibly useful uh, resource. Because when I used it, it provided a lot of impact for our advertising. So... That's a segue for this question. Can you tell us about a success story uh, about a company that needed to attract international business and advertised with Export USA? Yeah, certainly. I mean, yeah, you've just indicated, you know, from your experience, the way that the magazine works in terms of return on investment for participants, and so that I think is is high praise, and, and thank you for that endorsement. A really good example of a company that we've worked with is a vitamin manufacturer in California that has now won both the E Award and the E Star Award, which are awards that come, as you know, Alberto, from the president and recognition of companies that are committed to exporting and export expansion. And this company, uh, which used to be called Vitamec Inc., uh, and has since merged with a company called Zanon, so it's now called Zanon USA Inc., uh, has used uh, the publication now for about 20 years uh, to reach markets uh, around the world. Um, its initial focus was really on trying to reach uh, companies in the Middle East, but since then it's expanded into you know, a wide range of other markets, and all through its evolution, which now includes more than 30 countries, uh, it's included Export USA as part of its marketing mix. And so uh, it's been a very successful, uh, useful tool for this company, and it's pretty indicative of the experience that companies that use the publication have. And what's interesting is that it really doesn't matter what type of um, product you've got. So, you know, whether you're a vitamin manufacturer, uh, whether you're producing playground equipment, whether you're producing industrial equipment, or even uh, in some cases offering services, we've had companies have great success in reaching buyers that are a good fit for them in international markets. 
And I know many, many companies have told you this before, as I did, and now I do again. Thank you very much for putting together this publication. It has provided tremendous success for so many companies trying to attract business internationally. So thank you very much, Greg. Well, thank you, of course, for your ongoing support. All right. So let's talk now about the export guides. First of all, can you tell us a little bit about what the export guides are and how long have you been publishing the export guides? So we are producing uh, state export guides now in four states in the United States. And these guides are tools for connecting uh, exporters with export service providers. So these are the guides focus on providing resources to exporters that they can tap into to help them get the, the help and tools that they need um, in order to successfully penetrate new markets. Uh, so we published the uh, first of the export guides in 2009 in Louisiana. And since then, we've published guides in, in Florida and California. And we're now working on a Texas guide uh, in partnership with the Texas S SBDC network. And uh, as sort of a, a spoiler alert, uh, and I think publicly announced for the first time here on your show, we're actually planning to launch a national trade guide in 2017 in partnership with the National Trade Organization. And the formal announcement of that will actually come sometime later in the month. But that's pretty exciting because it's an evolution of the State Export Guide project. Greg, is this an exclusive for Export Like a Boss? Is this, a, is this your first announcement of the National Guide? This is it. This is, this is an exclusive for Export Like a Boss. You this heard it. public <laughs> announcement that, that uh, this is coming, yeah. You heard it here first. We are going to have a publication, National Export Guide from Think Global. You heard it here first directly from Greg Sandler. <laughs> Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So, Greg, you mentioned guides for different states like Louisiana, like Florida and California and the upcoming one in Texas. So if somebody wants to see one of the current guides, let's say a listener in California or Louisiana or Florida wants to get an issue or see the print version, how can they get them? So the format for all of the guides is the same. So if you're interested in the guide, uh, all you need to do is go online to california.think.global. And that format is the same for all the states. So just change the name of the state, and it will take you to the uh, particular guide for that state. So again, California.think.global. And that's really the easiest way to, um, to access the guide. Uh, once you're on that website, if you decide that you, you really would like to see a print edition, uh, it's easy enough to send us uh, an email by using the Contact Us button on the website. And we're happy to mail out a hard copy. But the digital edition is available 24-7, and it's easy to access, and it's all hyperlinked, so it makes it really easy to get to uh, the resources that you're interested in um, simply by clicking a link in the digital edition. Great. And by the way, which was the first export guide published? In 2009, we published the Louisiana Export Guide in partnership with the Louisiana District Export Council. 
These export guides are tremendously useful because if someone is doing exports, that guide provides a very exhaustive set of resources for the exporter to be successful. So what kind of resources or what kind of companies or trade promotion organizations are usually included in the export guide? As you said, it, it's, a, it's a very inclusive list of international trade resources. So really, it ranges from trade finance and cargo and logistics service providers to economic development entities and organizations, foreign trade zones. We also have a directory of resources in the uh, publication that has detailed contact information for a lot of the supporting uh, entities in the state. So, example, for example, if you're looking for contact information and websites for airports or for the small business development centers or consulates or foreign trade zones, you can find th that information uh, in the guide. That's tremendously useful for companies that are currently exporting or want to start exporting because in one publication, you have a wealth of information as far as who can help you succeed in your export efforts. Uh, Greg, which is the latest guide published? Was it the California guide? So yeah, our timing actually is perfect uh, because um, we just published the California Guide, and it has uh, only been online now for um, less than a week. Uh, it's california.think.global, as we said, so that's the newest guide. Uh, and the Texas Guide uh, is on track to be published uh, the second week of January. If our listeners in California want to get a physical copy, uh, where can they get a physical copy now that it has just been released in California? Sure. Well, one of the best places is going to be through one of the local centers for international trade development, which is the outreach arm uh, in the state that provides export counseling and assistance to exporters. Those centers are located primarily at community colleges um, throughout California, and they'll all have hard copies of the guide. Um, in addition to that, all of the individual entities that are advertising um, in the guide have hard copies. So, for example, the Port of Los Angeles is one of the supporters of the California Export Guide, and they run a program on a regular basis in the California marketplace that's called Trade Connect. So that you know that's seminars and um, export university programs. Uh, and things like that that help uh, California exporters. Uh, so at all of the Trade Connect programs, uh, there will be copies of the guide available. And then we've also made hard copies available to uh, other multipliers um, throughout the state, such as the Small Business Development Center Network uh, and the U.S. Department of Commerce Network. So any of those entities uh, would have hard copies available. And we are very excited because the first Texas Export Guide, as you mentioned, will be launched in January of 2017, so just around the corner. <laughs> and they will be found also through similar outlets. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And as you know, um, our lead partner in Texas is the Texas um, Small Business Development Center Network. Um, so again, um, the Texas SBDC has 
international trade advisors throughout the state. We'll make sure that they all have copies of the guide. And like we're doing in all the other states, we'll also provide copies to all of the other key advisors um, throughout the state, people that are um, providing assistance to exporters. And then we'll also be making copies available to um, the ports and some of the other infrastructure entities uh, in Texas. Outstanding. So listeners in Texas, stay tuned because the guide is coming out in 2017 and we'll make sure to include links to all this information in the episode's notes. But certainly uh, stay tuned because it's going to be a great publication. Greg, let's talk a little bit about advice for our listeners. And I want to ask you about advertising, about publishing. So Greg, what are some advertising strategies some do's and don'ts that you can share with our listeners? Well, that's a, it's a really good question, Alberto. And I think one of the fundamental advertising strategies that's important for any entity, regardless of whether they're an exporter or advertising domestically, is diversification. So that's basically to not rely on just one channel for outreach and distribution. So when it comes to exporting, there are a variety of different ways that you can advertise and promote uh, your product. So as we've been talking about, um, there are publications such as Export USA, um, which are distributed to a broad market uh, around the world in a number of, of different countries. And those can be a really good uh, way to get visibility, to test the waters of different markets and to, to, as you've pointed out, to get good leads. But another really good advertising strategy is to use more vertical channels. So to use industry publications or publications uh, that are connected with an industry association. And then, of course, in today's marketplace, it's important to have a, an SEO uh, and online advertising strategy as well. So that might be using keyword advertising, search engine advertising. Uh, it's important to really test that because it, it can be very expensive, particularly for popular keywords. But uh, as part of that diversification, it's really important to have a good online presence. And I think as a lot of your listeners uh, probably have learned by now, um, one of the ways that uh, you can make your own website uh, more of its own beacon for advertising is to include a lot of content on it because content uh, helps to optimize the visibility of your website, um, which means more traffic will organically find its way to you. So um, that's another important point is to balance the advertising that you're paying for with an investment in really it's more marketing than advertising so it's an investment in marketing that organically will pay dividends for your company by increasing its visibility. And then the other thing that I would recommend is that you get involved with organizations that are involved in international trade. So that's really um, networking. And also um, find out what types of trade missions and other opportunities there are for you to actually be introduced directly to 
potential buyers in a market that you're interested in. So, you know, talk to a trade specialist, say, at the Small Business Development Center and see if there's a trade mission to Mexico City coming up that might be an opportunity to uh, expand your exports into the market in Mexico. So things like that are really uh, important as part of an advertising strategy. Great. Thank you very much. Those are great suggestions. And uh, Greg, I'm so thankful that we are able to have this interview because I know you are super busy with now launching the California Export Guide and being in the process of preparing the Texas Export Guide. So let's start wrapping up. And I just have a couple of questions for you. And the first one is a little bit in the lighter side. You have been in the international trade and export area for a long time. And I wanted to ask you if you have a situation or if you can share a situation that made you think, oh boy, we are not in Kansas anymore. Uh, some sort of funny situation or something that made you realize that doing business with foreign companies is different than in the United States. Well, I mean, there's always situations that come up where you uh, feel like you're not in Kansas anymore. And uh, one recent one that I can think of, although it wasn't an, an international story, is I remember uh, thinking when you and I were walking recently after a meeting through the historic district in San Antonio that I wasn't in Kansas anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Market Square? Yeah. You can get outside your comfort zone really anytime you start doing business um, in markets that are outside of the core market that you do business in. So in all seriousness, once you step outside of the United States, um, one of the things that's going to strike you first is that you've got to adapt to different cultures and different sensibilities. But in all seriousness, what's impressed me the most about doing business internationally And what I think really can be important to keep in mind is that more than the differences, um, it's the similarities that stand out to me. So while there are certainly different customs and protocols, you know, at the end of the day, people are people and business is business, and there's a commonality to all of that. So, you know, we all share common goals and objectives, and I think the secret is to treat your international partners the way you want to be treated. And if you do that, you're going to be successful whether you're doing business in Kansas or Texas or South America or China. Interestingly, in one of the upcoming episodes, the guest mentioned how they actually started doing international business, not by traveling abroad, but going to trade shows in the United States because it attracts a lot of international buyers. So, as you mentioned, sometimes you can be in some places in the United States that if you didn't know that you were in the States, probably you think you were in another country. <laughs> and that's, that's really true. I mean, you can, um, I think you make a really good point I, that if you want to start exporting, if you're new to export, you can meet a lot of international buyers at major industry trade shows and make those connections um, without ever having to leave the country. But You know, as you know, uh, Alberto, because you've logged a lot of miles traveling into a lot of different countries, if you're really serious about exporting, you've got to get yourself a really comfortable pair of shoes and be ready to get on an airplane and go to the country that you want to do business in. 
Greg, what are some of your recommendations for people that are thinking about doing international traveling or that are currently doing international traveling? Do you have any recommendations, any suggestions as a seasoned traveler? Well, I mean, as I think you well know, Alberto, uh, these days traveling um, is in some ways more tiring and challenging than it's ever been. The airports are crowded, there's long security lines, and uh, it can be uh, a really nerve-wracking experience. So you need to insulate yourself as best you can. Uh, You need to be very patient. I think that's my first recommendation is try and be patient and that can help a lot. But in terms of some practical things that have worked for me, the best advice that I ever got related to travel was earplugs, foam earplugs. It cuts down on engine noise, it blocks out crying babies, and it can not only help you focus to get work done when you're on an airplane, but it can also help you sleep. Uh, Another thing for long flights that I found to be invaluable are a good set of noise-canceling headphones, uh, which, again, do function in much the same way as earplugs do in terms of just reducing your fatigue, um, and I think that's really important. Certainly, you know, whenever possible, I would encourage you to try and get up into business class because I think that's just a much more comfortable way to travel, um, and that, too, can ease the fatigue of a long trip where you've got to do business when you land on the other end. Those are a couple of really sort of simple techniques that can help make the travel experience a little bit easier. And then, of course, you know, be prepared so that, um, you know, if something doesn't go the way you expected, you know what your options are. And that's a really, I think, just a sort of a fundamental thing that you want to think about before you go to any market or travel into any country that you haven't traveled to before or even countries that you're used to traveling to. Be prepared for the unexpected because the unexpected will happen. Once again, if you're prepared and you're patient, uh, you can uh, usually solve most dilemmas without a lot of extra angst and aggravation. And let me finish just with one more question. In general, what advice would you give to a company that wants to start exporting or is currently exporting? Um, like I said, I, mean, I think the first thing that I would advise is to do your homework. Um, the second thing I would advise is to tap into the resources that are available to help you. Um, so those are organizations like the Small Business Development Center Network um, in Texas, where there are seasoned trade advisors who understand exporting, who know what resources are available, um, whether it's, you know, financing or trade missions, they can connect you with um, the right tool to help you in your particular situation. So that's really the first thing that I would recommend. The second thing that I would advise is that you uh, really spend some time and do the market research that you need to do so that you've got a a really solid understanding uh, of how your product or service fits into the market that you're thinking of expanding into, Uh, because it's essential uh, if you're going to try and compete in another market that you understand all of the business fundamentals related to how you're going to compete in that marketplace. So that's something else that I would certainly advise someone that's thinking of exporting to consider. 
And then finally, I would, would recommend that as a, an exporter or potentially a new-to-exporter, that you, as we said before, that you'd be willing to get on an airplane and go meet your potential partners. Uh, you know, in this, this day and age, it's easy to Skype and it's easy to connect virtually through a variety of different tools, but there is no substitute for doing business in person. So at the end of the day, um, you've got to be willing to go out there and meet your partners and potential partners if you want to be successful. Greg, again, thank you very much for your time. Do you have any parting words for our listeners? Well, thank you, Alberto. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, and I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk about all of these programs that we're involved with here at Think Global. You know, really for parting words, it goes back to what I said earlier. I, you know, I think at the end of the day, all people and all businesses really share a lot of common goals. So my parting words are follow the golden rule. Um, that's not always going to translate into gold, but you'll make the world a better place and a better place to do business in. What a great note to end the program with. And Greg, thank you very much. Thank you, Alberto. You can find the episode's notes on our website, exportlikeaboss.com. There you'll find the links to Think Global's publications, resources, and tools mentioned today. This was a great episode to end this year with. We, the Export Like a Boss team, wish you a very blessed Christmas and a new year full of exports and success. Finally, Please remember to subscribe today on iTunes, rate our show, and let your colleagues know about this podcast. That's it for today. See you next year. And remember, the planet is your market. Export like a boss. You've been listening to Export Like a Boss, the podcast for those on the front lines of international business and trade. For past episodes and more information, visit us at exportlikeaboss.com or subscribe on iTunes. 